Welcome to Wednesdays with Wade, John Wade, that is, St. Louis University Archivist Emeritus and proud SLU graduate. Tune in each Wednesday for a different topic representing SLU's legends and lore, historical tidbits from SLU's 200 years of mission that pay tribute to our community's commitment to a higher purpose and greater good. Brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. So welcome to the first of these series. Today we're going to talk about the history of our medical school at SLU. A very pertinent topic for us uh, right now as the folks in our medical campus and our medical school, all of our medical professionals are working overtime to keep us and the greater St. Louis community safe. So here we are. Um, we are calendar wise. This is Holy Week, the beginning of Holy Week. And I am really happy um, to be here with John Wade, who uh, has only relatively recently retired from SLU. Isn't that right? In, uh, in July 2014. That was after nearly 40 years full time with the university. But I'm continuing to work part time. Uh, all the previous the 40 years was in Pius and my part time work since then has been in Pius Library. Very good. So really happy to have you here uh, to Glad talk to be here. a little bit today. And I'm going to turn this over to you, but um, you know, you can, you're going to talk to us about the early beginnings of SLU's medical school. And I think um, at this particular point in time, um, the series we're starting up here, uh, we're calling Wednesdays with Wade. <laughs> and it's kind of a takeoff on your initiative called Legends and More. Uh, looking at the different pieces of history and archival interest from SLU. So um, at this point in time, I, I'm just going to turn it over to you and, and ask you to share with us some of the more interesting um, aspects of the medical school history. Okay, well, I, I don't, you know, as you mentioned, we're going through some very strange times, uh, health-wise, medical-wise, uh, these days. And uh, Maybe more people, maybe there's more people who realize this than, than I think, but I'm not sure a lot of uh, folks at the university or certainly in the St. Louis area really, you know, understand that all, for almost from the very beginning, when the Jesuits came to St. Louis in 1823, they came to work as, as missionaries to the Native Americans, to the Indians. Uh, but then by 1829, they had taken over Bishop de Berg's little college. Uh, and, and the first Jesuit president was Father Peter Verhagen, who started in 1829, but within five or six years of Verhagen becoming president of, of, the, of the university, or and the Jesuits taking over the school, he had this idea, well, we should try to, to establish a medical department, a medical school, if, if you will, here in St. Louis, because he thought St. Louis, and he was correct, St. Louis was a, was a growing city. Uh, we weren't quite the gateway to the West then, but we were heading in that, in that direction. So he thought, well, maybe we should, we could, we could start a, a medical department, medical school. Mm -hmm. In 1836, then it was in February, I'm sorry, September of 1836, the secretary of the, of the medical society, he read a formal letter from uh, uh, Verhagen in which he proposed this, uh, this medical department. Uh, and the, uh, the medical society, congratulating, I'm gonna read this little quote here, congratulates the university for having ample authority and a liberal faculty 
who it is believed are willing to extend the privilege of her charter to the cultivation of the science of medicine, thereupon disclaiming all right to dictate to the matter. Uh, and so the medical society, they got a, they got a committee together, you know, they got a group together to talk to, to Verhagen uh, and, and the trustees at the university. And in, in October of, of 1836, the university, they formalized this agreement uh, that the university would have a medical faculty. They, they had a constitution uh, that the medical department uh, drew up and it was approved of both by the university's trustees and by the, the medical society. In 1837, there was a financial panic in St. Louis, or not just St. Louis, all across the country, including here in St. Louis. Ironically, we're going through some financially panicking times uh, these days. So it was not a good time. Verhagen didn't have the time. The finances weren't good. So this whole idea of a department sort of went dormant. In the meantime, there was this Dr. McDowell, Joseph McDowell, uh, who was a uh, uh, was a very good good surgeon, but he was also a bit of a, of a I guess being polite, you would call him an, ex an eccentric person. Some people might some people might call him a uh, a bit of a a, a bit of a kook, if, if you will. <laughs> anyway, McDowell formed a, his own medical college here in St. Louis. And this building was, uh, their building was on 9th and, and Sari Street, which was not all that far from where the university was. And then he had some, some St. Louis area doctors who were, who were helping him. McDowell was also, in addition to being somewhat quirky, he was also pretty anti-religious and anti- Catholic in particular. So even though the, the, the university medical department was dormant, the trustees were, were seeing and hearing all of this about McDowell's college and, and his antagonism towards religion in, in general and Catholicism in particular. So they went back and they reformed their, their constitution uh, and required that the board of trustees have membership from every religious denomination in St. Louis as members of the Board of Trustees. Now you think that they don't have it doesn't sound, sound so, so uh, you know, earth shattering, but you know, 170 years ago to, to get, first of all, to get the doctors from the medical society uh, to, to be behind this, and then to require that all religious denominations be, be uh, included in the board. Pretty impressive, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, the, the university, I think, I think we tended to be kind of out there doing these kind of novel and, and, and uh, cutting edge things, uh, even from, from the beginning. In 1842, the university began again to, to push for the opening of a medical department. And then the, the first formal classes were offered in November of 1842. There had been a lecture earlier that year. And in that fall, 29 students from six different states uh, and actually one foreign country enrolled at the, uh, at the medical department, which at the beginning was in a house owned by one of the faculty members uh, near, near Washington Avenue. And again, this is kind of interesting. At, at that time in the United States, there were only eight other universities that had functioning medical departments. There were these private medical schools, but the University of Pennsylvania, Columbia University, Harvard, Maryland, Yale, Willoughby College, Transylvania, and New York University, and then Dartmouth. So this was pretty interesting. 
who was SLU the first Jesuit university to have a medical school? The, well, I'd better check that. I don't know about Georgetown. Uh, okay. Uh, Georgetown was older than we were, although technically in 1789 when Georgetown was founded, the Jesuits were technically suppressed, so I'm not sure we can say Georgetown. <laughs> well, ah, I, okay. I gotta be, be careful what I say there, but uh, I'd, have, I'd have to double check that. Between 1842 and 1855, and we'll get to that kind of that end date here in a minute, we graduated over th about 317 medical students with medical degrees here. Uh, but unfortunately, in that intervening years, you know, the anti-Catholic nativist sentiment in 1844, I'm going to double check my date there, 1844, there was a, uh, an incident where the, uh, there were some boys playing uh, ball down near the, the, the medical department, university campus, and you know, the old story, oh, the ball went over the wall into somebody's yard, well, you got to watch, well, the, the kids climbed over the wall trying to find their ball, where they uncovered some, some skeletal bones, mm -hmm. and they start parading these things around town, well, Unfortunately, in the United States, and not just in the United States, but even in England, there was this whole grave robbing thing where medical departments or doctors looking for cadavers to, to do experiments on, they would go robbing graves. Well, the, the people in St. Louis see this, oh, look what these Catholics are doing, they're robbing, which was not the case at all. Uh, there was storming of the medical department buildings, there were parts of the building were destroyed, some of the equipment was destroyed. And unfortunately, this happened several times between 1844, the early 1850s, mid 1850s. By 1855, the university, the, the medical faculty, and they had done this a couple times, they petitioned the university uh, that maybe it would be best if the university separate formally from the medical department. And so in 1855, June of 1855, uh, the university president at the time, Father Verdan, uh, they awarded 40 more diplomas to new doctors, uh, and that was it. That was the last the medical diplomas that the university would award uh, in 1855. And I want to just read, read something here that uh, Father Hill, who wrote the first formal history of the university, and he, he writes, he says, by mutual consent, without any unfriendly feeling or hard thought, on either side, meaning both the medical department and the university board, on either side, since the peculiar circumstances of the time seemed to compel the medical department to accept that course, meaning that they accepted the fact that they were going to have to separate. So they went off on their own as the St. Louis Medical College okay. um, in 1855. And this school existed on its own uh, as a medical college, and I haven't really studied the history of that a whole lot, but from 1855 to 1891, when that same college was acquired by Washington University, which was at that point developing its own medical school in 1891, so the St. Louis Medical College uh, becomes part of, of Washington University. Uh, and then it wasn't until 1903, and that's a whole other story, uh, that the university, after, you know, Father Rogers is the new president of St. Louis U, starting in 1900, he sees that, and other universities are doing this around the country, not just Washington U, creating these medical schools as part of the university. He acquires 
two private medical schools here in St. Louis, the Marion Sims and then the Beaumont College of Medicine, which just happened to be located at Grand and Caroline Avenue. So the whole notion that, oh, there was this grand Jesuit plan to have the Grand and Lindell campus, and then we're going to have a medical school down there at Grand and Caroline. Well, that's where these two schools were, but that's a, wow. that's a whole other story, that, that whole yeah. uh, you know, three story. Well, I want to I backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Um, that period that you're talking about in the early 1800s, up to 1855, right? Yeah. So all of those doctors who would have graduated from the medical school yeah. have been the doctors who cared for the, the casualties of the Civil War, no? Well, yeah. Arguably? I mean, I'm sure some of them, some of them did, you know, because yeah. they were, like I said, they, uh, they, we graduated up to, like you could say, six years before the Civil War, between 42 and 55, over 300 doctors. So these, yeah. you know, these people would have been taking care of uh, both, I'm sure, on the North and the South, because St. Louis, I mean, obviously St. Louis were, I've heard St. Louis described as the farthest north of any southern city and the farthest right. south of a northern city. Right. We were right on the border between yep. north and south. Uh, so we had a lot of, of certainly undergraduate students of the right. regular college students from the south. I'm sure our, the doctors coming out of this medical department were coming from uh, from southern what states in the in the, what became the Confederacy. So they would have been treating people from from both from both sides. So not not the easiest beginnings and not the easiest history. No, necessarily not a, an easy an easy beginning, you know, for for the university's medical department. And and uh, but I think it's important, as as you mentioned, you know, training doctors who who you know who knows where they serve certainly during during the Civil War and throughout you know throughout the, uh, the certainly the St. Louis area, and I'm sure you know uh, uh, you know throughout the whole. The whole you know middle portion of the country, if not if not in in, uh, in a broader area. So uh, right. uh, I think the reach of the university, even you know, we just celebrated our two hundredth year. Uh, well, the medical department idea is not that much younger than two hundred years, maybe one hundred and hundred and seventy five or one hundred seventy five, one hundred eighty five years. So uh, right, uh, these ideas were were, were percolating in, back in the eighteen thirties. So, so interesting. And, you know, in particular, right now, you know, when we, uh, in terms of our current history, uh, Lewis is just kind of bracing for this wave of COVID-19 patients to slew care and to hit our own, our own hospitals here in the city. Um, and so I think to recognize that in our history of that medical school, there is a, a long-standing history of doctors and medical professionals who stepped up um, when when times were tough and and were able to um, put themselves at great risk to recognize that their calling and their mission right. come to something higher. So, right, yeah. what a beautiful history! Yeah, right. It is. It is it, right it, now. Right. Right. It, it, it certainly is. You know the. Uh, you know they saw. You know. Well, even Ver, even Verhagen initially with this idea, he sees the city getting bigger uh, and and growing, and he sees the need for a medical department. Uh, always this the ability to see a need and to try to uh, to try to step in and fill that. When, when they could. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Oh, it, it's my it's my it's my pleasure. Again, it's it's a it's part of our story that we I don't think a lot of us uh, a lot of us realize. 
Uh, and there's certainly a lot more people hear something is oh maybe I ought to look a little more look a little more into that you know and, right and, uh, I think that's a good thing yeah absolutely well thank you so much John for today thanks. and I'll look forward to next time okay thanks very much okay mm, bye. all right bye, bye.